1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 109 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. Proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. And we do. We love it here on the DAP network. It's just me in the solo chair tonight, me hosting Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, You can follow us at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Scott was supposed to host with me again tonight, but he's had a couple of things coming up recently. He's had some, uh, I think he's getting his tonsils and adenoids or whatever taken out. He's, he's a father of two and has a lot going on, so... Our best wishes go to Scott, but we've got some great voices here for you tonight, some great minds on the Dynasty landscape. First and foremost, to my immediate left, I guess, to, to your right, we've got Bob Miller from Dynasty Bros. How are you, Bob? I'm doing all right, man. How are, how are you? I'm um, just going, going well, actually. This is one of those times of year where it's like feels like everything is ramping up and there's so much going on, and it's just a good time to be a Dynasty football player. You know what I mean? I just love this time of year.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. You know, the off season is like our season you know for dynasty so uh yeah yeah i'm I'm super excited starting to get kind of bored now you know like oh gosh the (laughs) season's about to start what to do now so we talked
1: about everything what is there left well i'm sure we can find some stuff third in the in the host here tonight i guess third on the episode first in our hearts john mcglynn how are you john thanks for joining us tonight
3: I'm a repeat customer here now. This is great. It's more than one time on the show. I was here with Sidlow before. Who Scott's in one of my home leagues? I run uh, eight home leagues in the Chicago area, and that's how I met Scott. Uh, I called him the other day, and, you know, I, I had him. We had – in our league, he had a dynasty draft that he had to pick his division opponents for. Uh, mm. So he told me about – I had the same surgery he's having uh, with the tonsils, adenoids, all that shit. At the same time, it was uh, – <clears throat> it's – um. It's a pretty bad surgery, so I wish him the best of luck. I told him eat mashed potatoes and popsicles, and he'll get through it, you know, just fine. So, other than that, yeah, everything's everything's going great. I'm looking forward to the season to start. I just got done with all my home league stuff. I got like two more leagues of uh, just um, waiting for the thirty man rosters to be established, and then a couple redraft leagues going on, and then it's 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 lineup setting season for everyone. <laughs> I've got
2: a nightmare going right now. I actually one of my home leagues has been running for about fifteen years now. A guy just literally dropped out of my league like a couple of days ago. And the draft is on Sunday in person auction draft. And, you know, and he's a great, great friend of mine. His name's Jason Gaskowski. Um, he's never, he probably isn't watching this, so it doesn't matter, but he's cousin, his cousin is Stephen Gaskowski, the kicker, ah. long time kicker of the Patriots. And, um, you know, Jason and I are really, really close and he's got a lot of stuff going on, but kind of stinks because he kind of bailed out last second. And now I've yeah. got a draft in literally three days. And I'm trying to fill that, that spot and it's driving me. Uh, I'm, I'm losing my mind.
1: Well, where's local for you? Maybe we can find somebody, but by, by the time <laughs> this gets out there, we got a lot of people maybe looking in, <clears throat> looking in on, uh, on, on YouTube. If you're in, watching, maybe yeah. there's somebody who's in your area that can show up on Sunday.
2: Yeah, there we go. I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. So uh, we're going to yep. do, you know, it's a home league I've had for, like I said, over 15 years and uh, it's, you know, a dynasty auction, one quarterback, not super flex by any means, but uh, we use uh full IDPs as well. So uh, oh, wow, good, good stuff. Next year, I'm going to put in punters. There you Ooh, go. Nice. Fantasy punters. Bring them on, baby. It's, I, I tell you what, your, your situation
3: that, with that, I, I, like I said, I run these home leagues and it's like 96 different people in all these leagues. So, I've had, you know, Mike Taglier died, unfortunately. James DeBran Catullus was in our home leagues. He died. Oh, I have had like three or four people that died already in our, in our home leagues. And some people get into too many leagues. Like when COVID happened, they joined 15, 20 leagues and then they're like, they overwhelmed. They say, I got to go. So go on Twitter and just type in your area to Knoxville, Tennessee. And then say, anybody want to, you know, go on Twitter, find people who are Ravens fans in your area, send them a DM, you know, hey, you want to join this league? It takes a couple minutes, send out like 20 messages. And next thing you know, you got a couple guys.
2: You know what I did is we have a Knoxville uh, Scott, Scott Fish division. There you, there you go. go. So I hit up a few guys on there. Got a couple of rejections already. I it, it's it's I, I'm telling you, it's IDP. I think it's yeah. Uh, that's a trickier a lot format. Of people yep. are are scared of IDP, and uh, I'm one know, of them. They, I'm one of them. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I tried it
1: last year. It just wasn't for me. Just not I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying it wasn't for me. It wasn't. You know,
2: that was one of the topics brought up. Don't want to jump the gun, but um, at the ID, I was on the IDP panel at at the uh, expo. And um, so that was one of the questions that came up is how to get more people involved. And that was, it, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get 11 other guys on board for something that they don't know. that. So that scares them. And then when you have someone like, like, a, you know, like myself, who's an experienced IDP player, they're just thinking they're just the one away money at that point. So yeah, yeah, I joined yeah. the campus camp
3: league before I would ever think about joining an IDP league. So that's, that's how, Oh. So far, I am away from Oh the whole come situation.
2: on. <laughs> one, one day, my friend. One day. one day. Well, yeah,
1: we are getting a little ahead of the gun here. So obviously, all three of us were at the expo this past weekend in Canton, Ohio. If if anyone's listening and they didn't get a chance to go, I'd highly recommend it. Anyone <clears> that did get to go, I'm hoping I got to say hi to you. Uh, it was one of those events that I just again, it was like so many people that you see online in one room and, and mulling about the hotel and kind of walking all over the place. I'd see people all the time walking the other direction. And you know, it took me a second, I'm like, Oh, wait, that was so and so. You know, like, oh yeah. That- oh, that was, uh, that was Bob Long right there. Like, oh, that was Bob Harris. Like, it, just, like, it, just, it was great. Yeah. It was awesome. And I know I finally got to meet the two of you guys there. That was awesome, too. And it was just, you know, one of those things that's sort of surreal, right? When we're all online talking to everybody, we all have our opinions. But when you see someone face-to-face and you get to talk football, Ah, oh, so much better, so much more fun. So it was a great time. I guess, What real quick before we get into it, I guess, though, Bob, what was the highlight for you? I know you were on a couple of panels. Obviously, you had a booth and things like that. What was your favorite part of the uh, the show for you?
2: I, you know, the first couple of nights, um, just rubbing elbows with everyone and meeting everyone. And just like you said, walking around, like, you know, the Friday night I'm playing cornhole and drinking with friggin', <laughs> you know, John Hansen, you know, yeah. from, from, you know, the guru himself, you know, and then I'm walking around talking with Michael Fabiano and, and, uh, you know, just chit chatting with these guys and, you know, and, 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 uh, gosh, what's, uh. What's her name from NBC that just dogged me? Um, gosh, I can't think of her name. I'm, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. It's killing me. But she she drilled me about being a Dynasty player. She's like, I need an off season, by God. And uh, Lauren Carpenter. Oh, there you uh, go. Uh, oh, Lauren. Lauren. Oh, she hammered <laughs> me, man. I had to run away from her because I hate Dynasty. I'm like, whoa, time out. But no, all of that was just great. You know, seeing how authentic, genuine everyone Everyone really, really is talking with people like Steffi Smalls and, you know, t- just everyone, you know, running into Andy Barron, Scott Fish, just sitting outside at the stadium, you know, sitting there just talking with Scott Fish about different things. It was just... uh you yeah, it was really laid back, really, really chill. All of that was great. My bad experience was the flag football tournament that we clearly mm. we clearly got robbed on a call and lost a game. You know, a guy was down clearly at the one yard line and they called him in for a touchdown and it lost us the game. So uh,
1: <laughs> That's OK. There's always next year, Bob. There's always next year. What about you, John? What was your favorite highlight of the uh, of the expo for you?
3: My highlight was just the entire weekend. I drove myself. I got to sit for a six hour drive and listen to podcasts the whole time. I wanted to have speed and just, you know, be just be myself in the car in my happy place. You know, day one meet and greet was fantastic, showing up, checking in right from the get-go, meeting all the guys you met last year, meeting guys you wanted to meet like yourselves. You know, and then it started to spill over in that awesome bar outdoor, outdoor area. Oh, yeah. I forgot what it's called. And then the weather was great. It there was, was happiness. Camp. It was like one humongous home league. Like, you kind of, it, was, it just yes. had that home league feel, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, <clears throat> day, day two, the same thing, going to do all the drafts and playing the flag football, the same thing, and meeting new people again at the end of the night. And then, you know, day three, going to the yeah, meeting, seeing all the different booths and meeting more people and just keeping talking. I went to some place called Fatheads. So they had a peanut butter, um, peanut butter, like, Beer and a banana. Oh, I've beer. heard about this. Yeah. And I, I mixed them both uh, together and I made this concoction. Uh, Even all the bartenders uh, were trying it too, it was like, yes. And then went to Joe's, uh, Jose's Landing, where I met Evans or uh, um, uh, I met like three or four people who followed me who were like humongous big shots, you know? So I'm like, this is great. But yeah. it was Drive Home Monday, same thing, couple podcasts, just enjoying the moment. Everything about it was great. Meeting you guys was awesome too.
1: Yeah. No, it was awesome. And I, I'll just jump in with my favorite was the the impromptu tailgate we had during the flag football tournament. So it, it, maybe it's a yearly Dynasty Junkies tailgate party we're going to have. But after the football stuff all ended and the party was kind of ramping up, we were going we we're just going to go back to my car. I had some beers in a cooler. I was like, we'll just go have a beer over there while the party's getting set up and like just hang out, have a quick one for cheap, you know, ended up hanging out there for like three hours. A whole bunch of people came rolling through. I know the poll boats were in there. Others from IBT Media. media. I mean, just a mad jester. I know that a bunch of people, just a bunch of people rolling through there. Uh, it was a, a lot a, of fun a, just seeing the everybody. You know? There you go. Now you're popular. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so there's a whole really? bunch of that stuff from this expo. So anybody that didn't get a chance to go, highly recommend it. I know for some people it can be quite a hike to Canton, Ohio. It's not the most centrally located thing, but it is really centrally located on the east, of the eastern side of the U.S. And again, the Hall of Fame. I mean, I actually got to go to the Hall of Fame this time, which was really cool. I hadn't done that before. A lot bigger than I thought, honestly. Like I kind of I saw the building and I was, you know, when I went there the last year, I was like, it doesn't look like it's that big. I don't know what I'm missing. Nah, it was pretty cool. It was really cool. They had a lot of really neat stuff in there. So. Again, just wanted to make sure we put a pin on that. Obviously, we're all still recovering a little bit. I know I had some late nights, you know what I mean? Just staying up till 4 a.m., drinking beer in the hotel lobby with Scott Fish and Lauren Carpenter, among many others, you know, just sort of hanging out, just chilling. And that was the whole vibe. It was just, I don't know, just like a a high school reunion that we should do every year. It was awesome. So, yeah, that's highly, highly, highly fan of it. Yeah. All right. So. Obviously, that was fun. Not everybody could go. I don't want to give everybody FOMO all night. So let's get into the meat and potatoes. What are we here to talk about tonight? Well, obviously, we're doing our positional series. Uh, We do this every offseason. I know last week, Scott and and, uh, Bobby, sorry, sorry, Bobby, Scott and Bobby went through the quarterbacks. They had a really good review of a lot of that. And I think that there is some things that we can do this week in the running back room that I'm looking forward to. So we're going to be talking about running backs tonight, how they go in dynasty and everything like that. And I'll be honest, I had some other people that were kind of on the hook, maybe to kind of do the show, but I got all backed up with the expo and totally forgot to confirm anyone. And I was like, man, who am I going to get for this? And I was like, wait a minute, Bob and I have very similar, like after the the panel, we had some good discussions. I'm like, Bob would be a great person for this. And then of course, John, who's filling in for Scott because he couldn't make it. I'm like, John's a great mind on this. Like, let's talk some running backs. So without further ado, the one question I'll ask to kind of open this up, and I'll start with you, John. How do you tend to handle running backs in dynasties? Is it something you tend to lean on or is it kind of, you know, find whoever you can and not really worry about?
3: Uh, when I was a younger man, I had the uh – the, the running back bug where I would always pick mm-hmm. running backs first and go after them. As I kept the more experience I have in dynasty, I got away from running back. I, I, I solidified my white, my quarterback position. I went after young wide receivers who, you know, who would, who would pan out and I just try to get lucky at tight end. If I couldn't get one of the top four, I just try to get a maybe three or four decent tight ends in the, in the teen range who I could, you know, every week, just kind of flex somebody in. And then I, I draft. to always draft a bunch of promising running backs: Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, Isaiah Pacheco, Jerome Ford, guys there like that. Like until I'm ready to really pull the trigger on the just Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson types. But until then, I just it's it's all about stacking up your team. The running backs have a three year window in this league. You know yeah. that's that's kind of the expectation for you. See if you look three years ago at who the who the starting running backs were in the league, you won't even recognize some of the guys. It's it's terrible <laughs> how fast they they yeah. go away. You know they they're like. Shooting stars are gone. So build up your team. Get the salad, all the positions straightened out first, and then go after running backs, and you're ready to make for the kill.
1: That's exactly the way I think about it. Bob, are you on that same page? Is that kind of how you tend to handle running backs? Are you a little bit heavier?
2: I'm a little heavier. I really, really am. I I might be a little stubborn, uh, a little (laughs) uh, a little old school, but every time I end up having an issue where I kind of crap the bed in the playoffs or or, you know, just have a hard time when I lose. It's always, I seem like, to point to my running backs. Um, And, you know, last year I was playing in a championship game, uh, a fantasy championship, and and I'm not lying, my two starting running backs were Devontae Freeman and Dontrell Hilliard. That's how bad. Yeah. Um, And that was just injuries, just bad, bad injuries uh, that I had, unfortunately, in that league. Don't know how in the world I made it there, but good trades in a dynasty league, but I do lean a little bit more running back heavy because wide receiver tends to be a little bit deeper. Um, I've, I've tried, you know, I've experimented in some mock drafts going zero running back and waiting till around the seventh to eighth round to take running backs. And, Oh man, that's it's not your thing. I can't, I'd start having <laughs> panic attacks like in the fourth round. Um, I just, I have a hard time doing it. And some guys, bless their heart, that I've seen them do it. And, and, but I'm just not going to lean on handcuffs to other running backs to, to win games for me. I'm not going to be in that position. So I tend to go running back. And now, obviously, if we're in a super flex league, everything changes there. But, sure. um, I, I, it's hard for me to take a wide receiver in the first round unless I'm really in the back end where those Joe Mixons or those guys, I, you know, some of those guys are sitting there that I don't see
1: much of a difference between that guy and someone I can pick up in the second. No, that's fair. I mean, we're talking dynasty too. So like redraft, I think is is in my opinion. Redraft is always running backs. Redraft, mm-hmm. you almost, it's one year. There is no window. It's, it's this year and I'm done. Right. with dynasty, I think that the way that it plays out and you kind of have a, a longer window when you're doing a startup, or even a rookie draft. I mean, running backs are kind of where you go if you're ready to win. Like you were saying, John, I'm kind of with you on that. I I tend to do the maybe the mix of both. I like the hero running back. I like to have one stud that I can kind of lock down and then just sort of pivot through the other one and see what injuries come up and play backup positions and handcuffs as, you know, the Madisons, the Pollards, the Dillons, things like that, right, as the season goes along in my RB2 slot. That way you kind of get the best of both worlds. You don't have to overinvest. You can kind of play the draft as it comes to you. But I I like that. We've got all three kind of major options on the show tonight. This will be great. Um, And one last thing, before we look at ADP, I know you mentioned this, John. I just thought it would be interesting to bring this up. Three years ago, running back ADP, I'm going to read off some of these names. And some of these are going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And some are going to go, where the hell did they go? But we got Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey. I would say they're all still up there, all still worthy. Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon. Elliott obviously has fallen out, but there could be some logic that maybe he deserves to be back in there. Next, we got David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and Nick Chubb. I remember Le'Veon Bell. I remember Le'Veon Bell, what a guy. And then you got Dalvin Cook, James Conner, and Todd Gurley. Like, what an interesting group of running backs we had three years ago in July, according <clears> to ADP <throat> on DLF. So, like, that's just – you're exactly right, John. Like, running backs turnover, I feel like, more than any other position, right?
3: And, and, so and get injured. And yes, the injury bug, too. Yes. That's the other thing, too, is – I mean, it's it's – expect that – you're drafting these guys with a high expectation of them getting injured at least once a year for four games. That's kind of the way I look at it. So – you you have to have a deep running back core when you do go after running backs too.
1: Yeah. And I think too, the way that we're going to pivot into this and and we'll kind of talk about some of this as we go through this, but the the ADP we're going to look at for this year, of course, we're fast forwarding to July, 2022. And what we're going to talk a lot about is, you know, who's in and who's out, who do we think can jump in, who's going to fall that kind of stuff. Um, And, and we'll just kind of run through these really quickly. We'll refer to them back and forth over and over. If you're listening at home, but RB one starts out, Jonathan Taylor, no shock there. I think that's perfectly fine. RB two, Najee Harris three, DeAndre Swift, four, Christian McCaffrey, five, Javante Williams, six, Brees Hall, the rookie already at RB6 in ADP. That's pretty crazy. Seven, Austin Eckler, RB8, Dalvin Cook, nine, Barkley, 10, Mixon, 11, Henry, and 12, Chubb. So again, some familiar names from three years ago, but some new entries in that pot. So I guess maybe the first thing is just kind of starting out of the gate. Bob, What do you when you look at this, what guys on here are targets for you? Let's just keep it simple before we get into the deets. But, like, what are you looking at in these top 12? Which one of these guys feels like a good pick? Other than the top, obviously. I really, really, I really like Saquon this year.
2: I like where I can get him. I mean, he's been creeping up uh, up the board quite a bit over the last uh, several weeks. But I've done a lot. We've all done a lot of drafts this, this summer. And I have gotten Saquon at an incredible, incredible discount. And um, it looks like they're going to, they're going to,
1: Right to him until they can't. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. He. So he's been a a a nice target of mine. I've ended up with Jonathan Taylor a lot of the times. If I'm it if if I'm in kind of a middle middle of the round, um, especially in Superflex, yeah. I've kind of zigged when everyone else is zagged. I'll go ahead and go ahead and grab that first running back when you know after those first four or five quarterbacks are off the board. So.
1: Yeah. The same for you, John. Is it? Are you targeting Barkley or is there someone else in that top twelve you like at their
3: cost? No, I mean I think Barkley is the is the, he's the go now, right? For for you have to for what you're paying for Barkley. I mean, is a lot of there's a lot of name value in Saquon Barkley, but guys who've had him last couple of years are kind of like hey, yeah. let me let me try to find this this exit ramp here for this guy. You know, if I can get a couple a decent return for Saquon Barkley, and and it usually involves like maybe a late first and a couple seconds, maybe so, you know like medium seconds, late seconds. Uh, you know, that's some people are just sick of it and they've already they've already moved on, got running backs for the future. You know, they, they're they kind of seeing this three-year window, it, you know, is almost over with for for Saquon.
1: Yeah, and I just said he's the RB1 in 2019, right? He was that guy. He was that dude. And and now he's still in the top 12, which is impressive for a running back. But you're exactly right. There are people out there that are like, ah, maybe I get out before it totally crumbles. Maybe I get some value before it's over. I'm with you guys. Though. I think Barkley is a terrific value. I think a lot of times, too, you can get him from a, a non-contending team that is like, now he doesn't have any years left. I went out a lot easier than you could a contending team, right? Someone who's contending is probably going to hold on and ride this ride out. But if there's someone who you can just tell is, you know, had some injuries already or had some, maybe they had Roethlisberger and and, uh, Fitzpatrick as their quarterbacks last year. And they're just like, "Ah, I got nothing. They got to go back to the well, you know? Uh, And there's going to be that kind of thing with Brady this year. I mean, obviously we're seeing some, he's not at the team and that was expected, but there's some, obviously some question marks around him. And like, maybe there's some, you know, Jensen gets hurt and Gronk's not back. Maybe there's some part of him that's just like, what was I thinking here? You know, like you know 45 years old, maybe I just stay home. You know, so there's some question marks around him, too. So could be his last year. Maybe not. We'll see. But yeah.
3: In your league, there's four guys who are in contention right now. Two guys who are probably in contention or not sure their team, two guys who are not really in contention, but think they are. And then four guys who are completely out of the situation. So if you're in the, you know, in that situation, where in the bottom six, hopefully the bottom four, someone's got Barkley on that and looking to rebuild. I would get rid of a couple, you know, a first and a definitely like two or three seconds, stuff like that to yep. get Barkley on a, on a contending team right now. Absolutely. But you get like a
1: first in dubs, you know, one of these players is getting a ton of hype, you know, something like that, like first to Pacheco in a second, you know what I mean? Like one of those things, you never know what you might pull off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think too, though, it's interesting as we kind of pivot into this, uh, there are a lot of running backs on this list, and, and I'm not sure we're going to see really any of them in the preseason, right? Like that's where it gets kind of wonky is like, why would you risk it? Because they're just such a risk. Why would you see Javante on the field? I mean, you might get a series out of him, but can you really know enough from that? So before we get into the in and out kind of stuff, I want to talk to you guys real quick. I mean, what, what kind of weight do you give news of running backs in the preseason? Like, for instance, another great example, Antonio Gibson is now apparently the water boy for the Washington Commanders, right? And he's like not doing anything. He's doing everything wrong. Who knows what we believe, but I guess, Bob, what kind of weight do you give this kind of stuff in the preseason? How much does it matter to you for dynasty? Most of the
2: time I do not. We always have this preseason hype that amounts to nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this Pacheco stuff's going on. A lot of people are, um, I can't tell you how many trades I've seen with him and in in these dynasty leagues that I'm in. Um, But I will have to make an exception with Antonio Gibson. I am. If I'm a Gibson owner, which I do own him in a league, I am. I'm trying to move him. Um, I'm. I'm a. i am i am was not. I'm not a. I wasn't really a Gibson believer to begin with. I acquired him as kind of a throw-in and a deal, um, so I didn't really target him. Um, so I'm really, really trying to move him as best I can. So I am actually kind of concerned about Antonio Gibson. I wasn't a believer in him in, in the first place, and I surely am not now.
1: Of Course, okay, what about you, John? You on the same page with Gibson and just in general and running backs in the preseason?
3: Gibby ain't going nowhere, he's on my team and he's staying like I, I especially now for what you can get for him. I mean, you have to give him a way to get rid of him? No, thank you. I mean, I think the guy's still going to have a pretty decent year this year. You're looking at like 160 carries, 750 yards, you know, maybe five or six touchdowns, 30 receptions, probably 200 yards, a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, the preseason hype is one thing, but in reality. I, he's going to be a producer the guy look at the last couple of years of what he's done on the field I, this is ron rivera an old school chicago bears you know yeah kind of like old school mentality i'm gonna embarrass a guy when he fumbles can you make me look bad or teach him a lesson kind of thing you know, that's that's his old school way that's fine but when it comes to week one when you win games he's going to be on the field
1: i totally agree yeah and I'm, I'm a buyer i'm a buy low on gibson i i sent a 23 first for gibson about three weeks ago in a trade addicts league and got reamed for it and i was like i like gibson a lot i don't know i mean I feel like my, that was the mid-first. I mean, like, I don't know, I'm taking over an orphan and just kind of seeing what I can do. And someone's like, oh, I would have given you a better running back than him. And I'm like, well, no one was pounding down my door. I just, I wanted a running back. And I think Gibson's going to be the guy. And then, of course, all this news comes out. And the only thing I keep coming back to, and it's just a gut feeling, it's not based on any fact, but I remember last year, somebody, man, what what player was it? Somebody couldn't catch the ball because of the stripes. And who was, oh, that's right, Jamar fucking yeah, Chase. Yeah, like, come Jamar on, Chase. man, let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> there are definitely some things in the preseason that you care about. I don't really care who's playing with the ones and the twos. I don't care about the depth chart that the interns put out. Yeah, you can look to that to create a narrative if you want, but I just don't believe any of that. It's not even like, it's not even a drumbeat anymore. It's more just like the media looking for a story. And I will gladly buy the dip on Gibson. I've said this before. I was out there on Twitter even this week and I said, you know, buy the dip. Someone's like, no, 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 don't buy this dip. And I'm like, well, if you don't think it's low enough, fine, wait. But I'm saying, I'm interested whenever you feel like it's time, go get him. Because I think that there are definitely people like you, Bob, that are like, nah, I'm out. I don't trust it. I don't want it. And to do that, you need a buyer. So I'm glad that we can all be on the same page, in a sense, and just say trade with, for, and against Antonio Gibson. <laughs> I've got a buyer. I've got a buyer. Um, he he threw me Elijah
2: Mitchell. So.
1: Mm. What well, do you I, think about that? I, it's, that's, I would take Gibson over Mitchell in a heartbeat. But what do you heartbeat. think?
2: You, you think Mitchell's better? I haven't accepted. I
1: didn't accept the deal. So, okay. yeah.
2: So, you know. I think um,
1: you should be able to get a piece on top of Mitchell for Gibson. It's just my opinion. Like It just feels a light to me. No, everybody does it different. And I'm not trying to say anything is wrong. It's just for me, I value Gibson significantly higher than Mitchell. I don't know what to trust in that San Francisco backfield. Like, you know, this year's Mitchell could yeah. be Sermon, Yeah, as weird as that sounds. Like, we don't know what we're getting into over there. And, I, I, and again, it's the same kind of chaos in Washington. So I guess it's hard to compare those two apples, even though they're both apples. Um, but let's get a little bit into this. Like, we were just talking about the top 12 ADP, right? And for this exercise, the thing that we do, we do this every year, we do it every week. Who in the top 12 now will not be there next year? And so we'll go round, round and round one by one and see until we find a kind of run out of things to talk about. And Bob, I'll start with you. Who is one running back in the top 12 who you think will be out of the top 12 next year? Gibson is not on this list for clarity.
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm uh, low hanging fruit here, man.
1: I'm going with Derrick Henry. And I'm guessing it's just because of the the amount of carries and just the longevity. You just don't think he's got it left in his tank, or I think it's just going to be the age mainly. We're
2: talking dynasty here. He's going to be 28, going on 29, mm-hmm. and um, I'm the I'm the guy that tends to get rid of a guy a year early than a year too late, and um, I just don't see him being in the top 12 next year.
1: Okay, that's fair, John. Do you agree with that that logic at all?
3: Oh yeah, that's. Uh... He's one of my three also. it's He's going to – it's one of those things where it's like when you have a brand new car and you had it for a handful of years, it's been real good to you, and then something happens with the engine, and the mechanic's got to take the whole thing apart and put it back together. That's what happened with his foot. Something's got. There's other things that go wrong when you start having those kind of injuries. It's going to – other things are going to start popping up. He's going to have hip or ankle or other kind of situations. He can't handle this kind of workload for this long. It's, something's going to happen where it's just going to break down, or they're just going to say, you know what? We, we we did so well last year. Uh, everybody kind of figured out our offense. I'm not sure Traylon Burks is going to be what he is. What what you know what they had last year in AJ Brown. So I honestly think this offense, this whole team is going to fall apart to rebuilding. Either either trade Henry away to somebody or just kind of Henry just just going to die. You know, flash out to not be not be the the flash of the pan he's been last. Like girly
1: you just pull a girly yes. he just kind of disappears yeah well so i obviously i had henry on my list too and i think that's the one that we all had on our list like that was the easiest answer i think and i'm right there with you bob it is a little hanging fruit but it needs to be said right yeah, yeah. i think the way that henry's been used a lot and he's ran a lot he's got a lot of miles in his tires he's hitting that age cliff he's already rb 11 in adp right now so he's not even that far it's not like he's rb2 or anything like that so yeah i, I think we all kind of agree and i think the whole The whole point of this, too, is like ADP is not necessarily what rankings are. ADP is where do the people value him? And I think you're right. Next year, come one more year, one more season, I'm sure there will be an injury of some sort that causes even more owners, more managers to kind of be out on him. I'm with you. I think Henry makes the most sense to drop out of this. John, what about you? What's another name on this list of top 12 that you think will be out of the top 12 next year?
3: Austin Eckler, I you know mm. he had such a good year last year. It was unbelievable. Nobody expected that where it came from. And you know he's already he's a guy. He likes social media. He likes being on the. He likes being in the NFL. He likes being on a team. He likes the exposure. He enjoys being a football player. He wants his career to last very long. He doesn't mind sharing the wealth with anybody else. They brought in a running back to share. He's more than happy to share the the the, uh, the carries. He is not trying to be an all-purpose top 12 back. He doesn't care. He wants to be a producer for the team. He wants to help the team win, and that's all he really cares about is stay in the NFL for as long as he possibly can and join the wide ways here. He's not going to be in the top 12 next year.
1: Well, it's interesting you bring that up, too, because, I mean, Eckler specifically said, I want someone to come carry the ball with me. Right? He, he wants a running back by committee. You don't usually hear a lot of top running backs want that, and in fantasy, what we're looking for is that, that bell cow. And so, if he's not going to be and doesn't want to be, it's tough to think that he could continue to be. I get the, that logic.
3: The running back position now is is a streamlined business. It's no longer the days of the old guy. You know, who if you can handle seven thousand carries for five years for you know four years in a row, we'll give you a new contract. And There's no more contracts anymore. It's hey, no. I used you, I abused you, and get the hell out of here, kind of thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's unfortunately that's
1: how it is. Is that what you think too, Bob? Are you on that same kind of page with Eckler?
2: I, I slightly disagree, um, but I get, John, I get exactly what you're saying. I think that, that Eckler is going to have a, just maybe one more year in the top 12. I'm not going to say he's going to be a top five, top six guy, but I definitely can see him being in that 10 range uh, this time next year. Now, the year after that, I could probably see him falling out easily, but um, I think he's got another year in him. There's There's a lot of guys in the top 12 that – I don't necessarily say they're going to play themselves out, but I think some other guys are going to play themselves in and we'll get right. into that. But, right. um, um, Eckler, I think will in my opinion, stays in there and at least the top, top 10, 10 ish, 10 ish, 11 ish again this time next year. But that's it. In my opinion, I could see that.
1: I can see that. And then my, I'll go with my first choice of this, which is Dalvin cook. Uh, similar to kind of what you guys are talking about. I just feel like that team is going to be throwing a lot this year with their offensive changes. And Justin Jefferson, obviously coming up, we're hearing a lot of hype about KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen look like it was looking like his old self and all this. And Kirk Cousins, obviously still just old man Rocky's favorite and kind of getting the job done. But at some point, I just think those injuries with Cook he's had in his past are going to catch up to him. They're going to end up writing him a little bit too long. And again, just looking at this top 12, those are the top three oldest of the 12, which I didn't know we were going to do on purpose, but looking at their ages on DLF, it's like, Oh, Well, maybe that is kind of a hint, right? They're all in that 27, 28 range. That's the easiest kind of math to to look at. And, again, John, what do you think about Dalvin Cook? Am I on the right track? Do you think he's going to be one of those guys, or do you think he's going to stay in the
3: top 12 next year? He's another guy that he's had. Not that he's been injured, injured, you know, but he has pop-up injuries once in a while, and there's a lot of competition on that team. There's a lot of pretty good running backs on that team. You know, it's, the depth chart is pretty fair on that team, especially if they're talking about passing as much as they want to pass with an efficient passing offense. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you guys on that one too.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Bob, any thoughts on uh, on Cook? Do you think I'm on the right track or am I way off? Oh my, man, I, I, I'm seeing it almost like what I was thinking
2: with Eckler. Um, I see potential there with Dalvin. A lot of us that love running backs tend to live a little bit in the past. And we, you, you know what I'm talking about. So we know what these guys are fully capable of. Now, if, if Dalvin has a lot of injuries, if he's, if he misses a lot of games this year, then yeah, he's definitely out of the top 12. Um, but if he only misses one or two in that offense and the, and the touchdowns he can put up and the, and and the catches that I think he's going to have his receptions, I, I see him staying in that top 12 for at least another year. Um, so but yeah, just kind of like the Eckler thing. I could see so you know, in two years, I think he's probably out. But next year, I think he's kind of on that back end of the top 12.
1: Well, and that's what makes this exercise so interesting, too, because we're talking about top 12. We're not talking about like top three. I mean, there's 12 running backs that are going to land in here next year. And it's kind of like it's just a thought experiment in a way to be like, all right, who do we think is actually falling? Who might be worth selling in Dynasty? Who should we be trying to get off of or fade a little bit and redraft even maybe? But I think these are all pretty good names up there. Was there anyone else that you guys wanted to bring up? Maybe Bob, was there any other running backs you wanted to talk about?
2: Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's yeah. out. I think Nick <clears throat> Chubb's 12. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I feel that he's out. Not that I think he plays himself out. I really think some other guys just jump ahead of him. Um, there's a, uh, you know, I'm wavering. Like there's part of me that says, Hey, listen, Kareem Hunt's probably not going to be there next year. So more touches for, for Nick. However, in a PPR league, he offers no real extra value there. So I just see him being a top 15 guy, just
1: not a top 12 guy. That makes sense. John, anybody else you wanted to bring up on this list or you feel
3: like we got a pretty good grasp of it. Pretty good grasp. I'm just going to add Joe Mixon to this list. This list real fast with uh, P. Ryan, Chris Evans. I, I, I love Chris Evans. I think he's just so as good as Joe Mixon yeah. is. Um, and I can see them kind of doing a 50 50 split if, if Mixon gets hurt a little bit. Uh, I, not that he's going to completely supplant joe mixon but i could see them saying oh you know you've been uh, mixing you had a couple of injuries last couple of years we're gonna you know start start implementing chris evans because he may be the future of this team and then you know that's i just feel like this may be mixon's last last dance possibly and i could see the change of the tide beginning right now
1: i'm with you on that and the only other one that i would even just bring up to discuss is and it's kind of injury related but cmc like let's be honest like he's had two years where it was kind of like Name value only in the top 12. And he sort of keeps hanging on. He's RB4 right now in Dynasty. And it's like I i want that to be true. And I'm not trying to, you know, put the hex on him or anything. But man, if he has another year where he's in and out and doesn't have a, a I don't know, let's say he has uh 12 games and that's it, it's so all he gets is 12. How can you keep him in the top 12? You know what I mean? Like there's too many names behind him that are really busting into that level. And I just man, I hope that I'm wrong. I'm not even saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying we got to talk about the opportunity here where Maybe there's a spot opening up for McCaffrey. And if that happens, if these guys all fall out, we obviously we got to fill those gaps. So we'll kick it back to you, Bob. Who's the first guy on your list to enter the top 12 that isn't currently in the top 12 right now. And in, in one year of IDP, I I think this one's a very, very easy
2: one for me. And I think that's be John Robinson out of, yeah. Central. Yep. Um, I, I don't know how much I can say this guy's a complete package. Um, He's got it all. And, He's better than than B- Brees. Hall
1: is number six right now, and he's far better than Brees. Hall. Do you think he's RB one? Like, does he jump all the way to the top? If we see are these are running backs are kind of he's getting hurt, it. Jonathan Taylor maybe has a bad year. I mean, is is it possible that Bijan lands as RB one like Barkley did? I think when he entered.
2: I think after next year, I think he could yeah. enter the. He could be a possible top five, top six guy next year. But then the following year, just like, just like Barkley did, um, just like JT's done. Um, I could see that happening with him, but I, I don't think he takes over the number one spot next year, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if some startup drafts, if somebody
1: took him number one. Well, he's got a lot of name hype. Everybody loves Bijan. I know John, you had Bijan on your list. You want to, got any thoughts, I guess, to cover on Bijan? Are we on the same page here that he's just a stud and we
3: should just wait for him to enter? He's just a stud. That's the only thing that would prevent him from like being the Everything that everybody expects is landing spot. Because if he lands on uh, this terrible, terrible team.
1: Let's say where, he goes where, to Houston.
3: And some Damian Pierce.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, again, RB1, Damian Pierce. But, I mean, like, we can get into that. But, I mean, like, if he goes to somewhere, even if it's a bad team, I'm not sure he's not top 12 no matter where he goes. I can't imagine a spot where he goes where they don't lean on him. Because if, be, if they're that bad,
3: they're going to need him. Just because of volume, yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, the Atlanta, I think Atlanta would be a good spot. Ooh, that'd be a great spot. Yeah, there's a whole yeah. bunch of good spots. And I'm sure in a year there will be a whole bunch of different landscapes we'll have to look into. But, but he's going to be was a he, good he, one. Yeah, He's going to be a first-round pick.
0: Yes.
2: Um, in the NFL draft without a doubt. So someone like Atlanta is going to have a high draft pick there. I can't see, they'll be grabbing their quarterback of the future. I can't see them taking a running back. So it's going to be a mid round team, you know, a you know, a, a 500 team that's going to take yeah, and, like an
1: eight and nine team. That's going to love this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: exactly. So that's what we got to kind of picture where where he could end up with one of those Um,
1: the only spot I, I kind of thinking about it just now is like the only spot I really don't want him to go is San Francisco like I just oh. every running back I feel like the ghost of it like that goes to San Francisco you talk about Mitchell before like just I don't know what to do with that offense like you never know what you're gonna get with Shanahan like that would bother me because it's so much committee but overall I think we all agree B. John Robinson is, is probably the easiest next guy in on the top 12. John what would be another name on your list that you think is a, a good entry point for it, for this?
3: Uh, you mentioned them just for pure pure volume. I think Houston is going to, they got lucky with Davis Mills. They got lucky with Damian Pierce. I think they're going to start building around these young talented studs and get receivers and defense and offensive line and kind of start building around guys so they're ready to move to the future. Uh, Damian Pierce might be a guy just volume dependent that just has no choice but to be in the top 12 because he's getting everything. It, it, that's my guy. I love Damian Pierce. I love everything about him coming in the NFL. Everybody kind of dropping down the, the rookie ranks I liked him he was in my top five running backs coming in this year so he could do it I, I could see him being in the top 12 next year
1: that'd be a meteoric rise I would love to see that I mean that's that's kind of a hot take but I'm, I'm not against it I'm not saying it's wrong either like Damian Pierce top 12 running back what a story that would be right yeah right. like kind of getting like uh, he's going in I don't know the fifth sixth seventh round of redraft leagues like he's not getting love this year and I don't know why he's terrific
3: And I'm not saying he's the best running back in the league. He's not, like like you said, volume dependent. You know, it's going to be, he's going to have so many opportunities. I can't help but just fall in the top 12
1: i agree yeah and any thoughts from you bob on damian pierce are you kind of on that same page or is that crazy talk putting him in the top 12 no, it's year?
2: not it's not crazy talk by any means i love him as well i love him as well and i think by mid-season he's the starter and he's getting uh
1: i mean he's not sooner productive. i mean he could be week one we don't know i mean there's, there's really, a really
2: good I, I think they're gonna play around with this rex burkhead marlon mack crap for a couple of games yeah. but <laughs> the cream always rises to the top it always happens so um Obviously, by midseason, Damian Pierce is the guy. Um, I, I I could see him jumping and sneaking into the top twelve. I just I don't know if he's going to leap. I had two guys coming out, two guys going in, and I I just can't see him getting to that point where he's overtaking someone like Bijan Robinson or something. Yeah, or Mixon or
1: any of those guys. Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. I think he's gonna be a fantastic player. Um but just not quite up there just yet.
1: No, I hear you there, and I think the one that I'll go with as my first option is is Dobbins. I think a lot of people are worried about the injury, and they're kind of hesitating on him. And I mean, I know you're a Dobbins fan, Bob. I know, and I, I almost feel bad bringing it up as a Bengals fan. I don't, I don't like talking about Ravens, but we're in dynasty mode, we're in fantasy mode. I'm okay with it, and I think J.K. Dobbins is a stud. Honestly, I think he's one of those those running backs that can do it all. He can catch passes if they need him to, but. Also, not even that. I mean, volume is going to be key, but the game plan is going to be running. The Baltimore Ravens like to run the ball. They like to grind Mm -hmm. the clock. And I think when you add all that together, he's going to come back from this injury. And I think he's going to wow people this year and they're going to remember, oh, yeah, that's the guy. And he's going to raise up and be part of that top 12 right around that 9, 10, 11 range is where I'm guessing. But I think that he's he's going like RB 15 or something right now, RB 20. Uh, somewhere in that range and RB 15. And it's like, that's not a far leap to get him into the top 12. So it's kind of cheating in a way, but I also feel like he definitely deserves to be in that conversation. I know Bob's a fan and we'll get to you. Maybe if you want to have more info, but John, what do you think? What do you
3: think about Dobbins? Is he kind of a top 12 guy for you or not really? I don't know if that field is made of banana peels or something, or what's going on. Why everybody gets hurt over there? But the entire team gets hurt all the time, and it's just terrible yeah. that you know. And the other thing too is the depth chart. You know, it's Dobbin yep. and it's Gus Edwards. When he finally gets better, he's on the pop right now. But Mike Davis, Tyler Batty, Justice Hill—they're probably gonna cut one of those guys. But and then you got a quarterback that runs the ball most of the time too. Yep, they, they throw the ball—you know—anywhere between like you know 450, 550 times a year. But it's it's a it's a defensive oriented running the ball team, but they don't run, they don't have like a guy. So uh, besides Lamar Jackson, I think we'll be the guy and everybody else is just going to get pieces that, you know, breadcrumbs across the board. So that's why I just don't feel like he'll be anything special.
1: No, that's fair. That's fair. And then Bob, I guess you're on the same page. I'm guessing. I saw you kind of sweating a little bit earlier. You're just getting so verklempt. I mean, you're a big fan. I of was, Dobbins, I was guessing, getting right? a little hot and bothered all this job <laughs> and stuff. Um,
2: I want, <laughs> I really, really want to put Dobbins in the top 12. I really, really do. I think he's just going to be on the outside looking in just slightly, slightly. Um, Gus Edwards is not ready. He is not ready to play and he may not be ready week one. Um, That's a big, big deal because I think they're going to really see what they have in JK. And, and we've all seen those tweets a couple of weeks ago where it was reported. He wasn't ready. This dude is chomping at the bit. He's he, ready. He yeah. has got a chip on his shoulder yep. and we can't forget, I mean, his rookie year, he averaged, he was, he, he averaged 6.0. I mean, six yards per rush.
1: Yeah. He
2: had double digits touchdowns as a rookie.
1: Yep.
2: I, I had big, big expectations for him last year and he got hit right in the knee in preseason. And oh. that just, just, just broke my heart. So, I expect a lot of of carries from him. I see I see uh, I don't see how we couldn't see me. he stays healthy 15 touchdowns out of him. I mean I totally rookie, agree. Uh, and and so that right there could put him, you know, in that top 12. Um <clears throat> I want to see it. I'd absolutely love it, but he's it to me, the guy that he would probably overtake to sneak into that top 12 would be someone like Joe Mixon. I've got Henry. <clears throat> you know, I've got Nick Chubb out and that next guy possibly would be Nixon.
1: That's fair. That's fair. And who's your second name? If you had to go through one more round, we'll get some quicker ones on this. Another name that you think could hop up in there. Um, I have been singing from the <laughs> rooftops.
2: I, If there was a mountain called Mount Cam Acres, I would be <laughs> on that mountain. I am a huge Cam Acres guy. I was a big Todd Gurley guy. Um, I was screaming Todd Gurley's name when no one else was, even Mm -hmm. after that crappy 2017 or 18 Jeff Fisher's last, last year. But I see a lot of the same type of production. If Cam Akers knock on wood stays healthy, he is fantastic in the passing game. He is very explosive. He is completely ready this year. And in that offense, to me, he's, he, he stays healthy. To me, he's this year's Austin Eckler.
1: Yeah. No, it's entirely fair. I like that logic a lot. John, any thoughts on that? And then did you have another name you wanted to add maybe on this list? to jump in?
3: I I agree with Bob and now my addition here would be AJ Dillon. I just think that he is, he could be Aaron Jones, uh, but a bigger, like the Hulk version of Aaron Jones, you know, they can catch, he could block, he could pass those thighs, those (laughs) thighs, those everything about him. I mean, he is, uh, he's already like pretty much almost drafted the same round, the same area as AJ, you know, as Aaron Jones right now. If anything happened to Aaron Jones and it was A.J. Dillon's backfield, it would be, I mean, he would be in the top probably seven running backs. I mean, he would be a monster for fantasy football.
1: Yeah, I think what's hurting him is, is Aaron Jones is there taking his carries and not you know, getting catches and all this. But if you give Recessions. him the backfield to himself, I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree with
3: that. When he gets my receiving la- work on top of the early down work, he, he's going to be an animal.
1: Yeah, if he becomes Rogers guy, it's going to be tough to break him out of that. And I'll go with kind of what I would think is like the easiest pick for my last name, which is ETN. I think Travis ETN had a really rough start, obviously came in, got hurt, and really didn't know what we we're getting. And James Robinson took off and take, takes all the attention off of him. Now he's back. I think ETN is going to be a stud this year. He's currently RB 13 in ADP. So it's like, well, that's only one position up. That's not hard. That's not asking much. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of value in, in ETN and a Jacksonville offense. I think they're going to be turning it around this year. So I'm I'm hoping that ETN can make that leap, but I don't think any of these are bad picks. I think all of these guys have high upside and that's really what we're looking for. So these are all good targets, maybe to, to kind of look at in dynasty any other questions on running backs before we get into the find me a trade segment, anything else you want to discuss any rookies, any other, I don't know, head, two headed monsters, anything like that you want to bring up before we move on. Bob, I'll start with you. No, no,
2: I, I don't really think I have have anything, you know, earlier we were kind of talking about, you know, drafting running backs, a guy that I was targeting late and we were kind of talking about taking that hero running back, maybe in the first or the second, and then waiting and, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and rack up on wide receivers, maybe get that stud tied in a guy that I keep falling back on that I get at just a super great deal. And I could be wrong, but I'm really liking Damian Harris picking up yeah. Damian Harris and Ramon J Stevenson. I'm gonna have if one of them blows up, I've got them. And I can get them in that gosh, what where are they looking right now? Eighth round, yeah. you know. I love you know, maybe going at stud running back. Maybe getting a, a if I can grab Kelsey, or if it's Dynasty, I'm targeting Andrews possibly in that second round, and then I'm racking up on wide receivers, and then grabbing those Damian Pierce's, grabbing those Tyler Algiers, you know, something like that, and getting someone like a Damian Harris and, and Ramondre Stevenson. I love that strategy. I've loved every one of my teams that I've drafted by doing that.
1: Yep, that's a good one. And John, anything from you? I know I got a couple things I can bring up, but I was curious if you had anything else you want to discuss about the the running back groups
3: this year. Just the last, uh, I think one of the most underrated running backs <laughs> this year is going to be Josh Jacobs, and one of the most overrated mm. like running backs, Miles Sanders. Just uh, mm. I, I think they're all you kind think of- Miles it's- Sanders is overrated. I, you know, I think people are expecting him to have that the same uh, situation as Melvin Gordon had, where he's going to come back and get 14 touchdowns after he got zero touchdowns this year, and all of a sudden he's going to be this the savior of the, of the Eagles' running game. And it, I don't know if you guys hear that that kind of chiming around the you know the the and stuff, but that's what I hear going around. And I'm like, no, it's not, he's going to get 150 carries for probably 700 yards and a couple touchdowns, and you know it's not it's not his backfield. Josh Jacobs, here's here's the thing: like, I just think that he is going to be a guy. Who they didn't renew his contract? They got nothing to lose. Here you go, man. We're gonna give you the ball seven thousand times this year because we don't care if you die or get hurt or you know fall face of the <laughs> earth. You know, <laughs> right. here it. Is. That's they're gonna use him and abuse him and and that's okay. See you later. And if he does that good, they might sign him to a long term deal. I don't see it happening though. This is the NFL, which means not for long with these uh you know these contracts. <laughs> for long. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think Josh Jacobs is someone that people are passing up on, which I'm buying. Same. Miles Sanders is someone I had on my team. I just sold him in like three drafts this year in a, during the rookie draft. So
1: that's Bob. You have something you want to add there? The Raiders.
2: That could be that 500 type of team that ends up with Bijan Robinson. Oh,
1: man. That'd be a good team. And I want to bring this up too. Again, I'm, I'm a Bengals fan unabashedly. I don't hide this. Recovering Ridley Truther in the chat. Uh, do you think Chris Evans takes over the Bengals RB2 job by week eight over P Ryan? Been stashing him everywhere just in case. I have also been stashing Chris Evans wherever I can. He looked electric in that first preseason game. Now, again, playing against the second team offense here and there, he had a big, huge run called back by holding on Thaddeus Moss. It was like, oh, like that was, it was like a 50 yard run. I mean, just, that's what I'm looking for. And so especially in the preseason, you're going to have a lot of those kind of mental mistakes. You're going to have some of those, the refs making weird calls. I think Chris Evans is showing out this year. I think he's, he's done being the backup. I think he wants that job. And I kind of agree. I think his, his talent set is very similar to Mixon. So I don't know if P Ryan's going to be the backup for long. I I think it might not even be week eight. It might be sooner. But I mean, that would be an interesting development too. If Evans becomes a solid like Pollard option, like one of those guys, you know, like a Ramondre, one of those guys that you just start to see on the field more because Mixon, not only is he a little injury prone, but they're going to have to spread him around. They just signed him to that second big contract that running backs don't get. I don't know. I feel like there's a chance that Evans could be the guy. And here comes Kyle Sender in the chat to follow it up seems like Chris Evans might take over the third down role, but I would guess Pirine is the pure backup. Maybe that's the logic we're going by, and I don't hate that, but if you're the third down back and can start to make electric plays, you become the second down. You become the backup. I just don't know if I trust Pirine. I guess I got to see something out of him in the preseason, and maybe we won't get that opportunity, but I don't know. I'm just not that wowed by it, but I guess let's, let's move on to find me a trade. Let's talk about this for a minute. I know we got into the, some running backs. I think we had some good conversations there uh this week. Find me a trade submitted by Dave Waller at the prevalent one on Twitter. Uh, he gave us a sleeper league. The league is forever unclean, which is obviously a league reference. It can't go wrong with that, right? That's what we all love to hear. Um, I think uh, th- this team is just named at the prevalent one classic sleeper move, where it's just your name. Like I hate these, but I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of creativity, but again, that's how sleeper is. That some of those team names are just, everybody goes to fault. Um, this team is a 12 team super flex start 11, 24 bench five taxi three AR. So you could have 40 players on this team. This is a deep roster, which makes trading a little trickier because there's, there's a lot of players that people already have. Uh, It is a PPR and then an additional PPR for tight end. So it's, this is where I got into this question too. Like, is it a one point tight end premium or is it 2.0 tight end premium? I never know how to call that. I say it's PPR with a one point tight end premium to try to convey that thought, but sometimes it gets confusing, Uh, but it is super flex. Like I said, so you got quarterback two running back three receiver, a tight end, three flex and a super flex to get to those 11. Uh, Dave's thoughts. He says here, I'm not really sure where to go with this team. He pulled off a couple of trades and really locked in his QB situation, which could have had, which could have me competitive, but he's not very deep and without his own 23 first, especially thin at tight end, which I know Bob's going to mention. And then would love any advice that you guys can give. So while I pull up his team, Bob, any thoughts on that tight end? I know he's got Dawson Knox as his starter, but oof, what, what do you think about that?
2: I don't like it. Um, it's unfortunate. Uh, I don't know what kind of deals he's made, but not having a first round pick really kind of hurts. But he does have two second round picks.
1: Yeah. So and, let's, let's actually, real quick, let's heat to catch up, but let's walk through this round lineup really quick because I think you're on the right track here. He's got Herbert and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad for two quarterbacks, right? But then he's got David Montgomery, Ramondre Stevenson, and Antonio Gibson currently in his starting lineup for running backs. I don't mind that. We were just talking about these guys, but none of those are studs, I would say, right? They're all probably RB2s or threes. Receiver, he's got Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Boyd, and Rondale Moore. It gets really bleak really quick at the running or receiver position. Tight end, like I said, he's got Dawson Knox. I'll have it up here on the screen, some of the backups. He's got Jared Goff, he's got James Cook, uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, Damian Pierce, we were talking about, could be a stud. Uh, He's got Tyler Algier, another good rookie. uh, Jay, or sorry, Justin, not Justin Jefferson, sorry, Jamal. No, that's Jared. Who is this? Jared Jefferson? No. I feel like I should know who this player is. Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson. There's so many of these. Anyway, so he's got another running with Jared Patterson. There's another tons of running back depth, but all of them are like, who knows what we're getting. Receiver depth, again, really bleak in my opinion. He's got Robbie Anderson, Cedric Wilson, Taekwon Thornton, Jahan Dotson could be something, right? Ta- Taekwon Wallace. I guess you never know what's going on there. Uh, he's got Calvin Ridley on IR. Of course, that's something. Uh, Powell just not much tight end. You got Trey McBride, uh, Ricky seals, Jones, Noah gray, Kenny, like just bleak. So again, Bob, back to what you were saying. I know we said this before. He's got two stud quarterbacks, but he's weak at tight end and receiver. It looks like, and I don't know. It's just not a team you like to see. Is that right? (laughs) No, no. I mean, he's got quite, quite
2: possibly the best uh, combo of quarterbacks. Now there is one other team in his league. A guy has uh, Josh Allen and Joe burrow. So, that's it. Everyone else has got that one great quarterback, and then eh, another guy. Yeah. Um, so if I'm him, I mean, the first thing I'm thinking of is is shopping Mahomes. I don't think I'm shopping Herbert. I, it'd take an awful lot for me to get get rid of him. But I would I would possibly shop <laughs> Mahomes to get multiple pieces. He needs help. He needs help at running back. He needs help everywhere except for quarterbacks. So he needs running backs. He needs tight ends, especially at being a. Super duper tight end premium where a tight end gets an extra whole point. Yeah. Um Dawson Knox is a is touchdown or bust. He doesn't get the volume um that he really, really needs. I probably would take, I would possibly take Dawson Knox and maybe a third or something, maybe try to go get someone like a Zach Ertz, someone that's going to get a lot of receptions. Um, not the most ideal in a dynasty, but this guy's not winning anything with what he has right
1: now. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think he's got a long road to contend. I don't I don't want to I don't wanna hate on it too much, but we see a lot of these rosters in this find me a trade segment. And I guess you you mentioned moving Mahomes, but your your offer that you put on the sheet anyway was a little different and I kind of liked it. So what was that offer? We'll start with yours and we'll kind of build from there.
2: Um I would offer Brandon Ayuk and Antonio Gibson. And a third round pick for Drake London and Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers will be will be a running back one this year. I think he'll be a fairly strong RB one. And and I think Drake London's going to get a lot of targets early on. And obviously a nice dynasty piece. Brandon Ayuk to me is more of a name and potential versus anything else. I don't Debo Kittle. Those guys are going to get the touches. Brandon Ayuk is a very, very talented player, but I just don't see him getting enough volume uh, to turn him into any kind of a wide receiver one and quite possibly kind of a back end wide receiver two at best for me. Call me crazy. I just don't see him being a very big time fantasy asset. I think the potential there is is more than what he's going to produce and Antonio Gibson like I said earlier in the show I'm just a little bit concerned I don't want to be concerned about possibly my RB1 being a a a water boy um you know I I think he's (laughs) going to get some touches but I don't want my RB1 turning into a third down back if I can get something for him now I think that Cam Akers and the third round pick is, is a dart throw anyways. I would take Drake London and Cam Akers any day for, uh, for Gibson and Ayuk.
1: Well, so just real quick before I go to you, John, I, I plugged this into the analyzer on DLF just because, you know, it's something fun to do it's within 10%. And so in my mind, that usually means it's close enough. You might have to move the third to a second. You might have to throw in another piece or whatever, but I think that this is the kind of trade that given the news right now with IUK being kind of down and not getting a lot of, not a lot of publicity and, Gibson getting kind of crapped on everywhere. I think it's going to take a miracle to have this trade happen, but I would love it. I would love if you could turn this, this Gibson side and even adding a second, even and getting well, am There's a lot of I people. Cam well, acres has a lot of hate as well. I was you know, just going to say, you got to find the right manager who's high on Gibson, like John and I, and then also kind of out on acres and doesn't trust that offense. And there are, there are people out there. Yeah. yeah.
2: You may have to give away, you know, you're going to have to take a little bit of a hit trying to trade, uh, you know, Gibson now, but I don't think there's a whole lot of people that are really on the cam- there's not a Cam Acres hype train. There's everyone that's not so like it was last to- year. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many people that are afraid of him. And I am taking full advantage of that. I have grabbed acres in every single situation I can. And I would personally I would trade I would trade
1: Gibson for for acres straight up. I would oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. What about you, John? What are your thoughts on this trade? Are you on the, the ayuk side or on the acre side? pays in
3: there. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, that's what side I'm on. Yeah. No, there's no way that, I don't think that trade goes through.
1: So. <laughs> I wouldn't do it, but I get the, I would love to take the London and Acreside. If I had those two, I don't think I would make this move. I, I think I it would miss- take something more than Ayuk. I was even going to say, if you swapped Ayuk for Devonta Smith, make it a little more attractive there. Maybe, maybe Ayuk and Smith are similar to some people. I think Smith is significantly better. So again, there's some options in there. I think there's some play with this trade, right? To kind of figure out what you can do, but I kind of agree with you, John. I don't know if this gets done as is, but I like the bones of it. I like where the thought is. you got Akers and Gibson are both question marks. Drake London has a lot of hype around him, but he's on the team that who knows if he's going to get any points. And if you're not contending, that's the perfect kind of person you want on your team is to kind of take that receiver and see what happens.
2: Oh! Oh, I went in Jersey. Dobbins <laughs> just fell down. Dobbins
1: just went down. <laughs> Dobbins no, down no.
2: again.
1: The Jersey, by the way, not the player. If anybody's <laughs> listening, that's hilarious. Go ahead, no, Bob.
2: Down. no, but listen, Drake London may not be that great this year, but they're going to be taking a quarterback very, very high next year. And I love that for, you know, anyone that's going to have Drake London. They're going to love that.
1: So you're basically saying that this team, the Dave's team is not really a contender. And so to kind of put your eyes to the future and, you know, get younger where you can get off of some of these other risky assets and try to play for next year. I totally get that logic. I think that's kind of where my head was at with my trade as well. And, and again, I'm looking at it maybe, maybe the opposite. I shouldn't say that. My, my trade is a little bit different than that. I was like, well, if you want to contend, and maybe, maybe this is a discussion point we can have right here. I think, John, you said it best, that there are four teams that are contending. There's four teams that are not. And then there's those middle guys that all think they are, right? I mean, they're, they're, you never know what you're going to get in the middle. This is clearly one of the middle teams. I don't think it's the worst team in the league. I don't think it's, it's definitely not the best team in the league. But I think you make some moves, you can you can maybe pivot on some guys and find the right spots to jump in and contend this year and just kind of getting lucky. So my trade was a little bit more of sending some youth and getting back some aging veterans, but that are going to put up points because you need some depth. So my trade was to send Jalen Waddle, Zach Moss, and Matt Breida, who just are kind of fillers in this trade, uh, to Bucks-a-Beast, which, again, great name on that one, for Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Zach Ertz. So this kind of addresses that tight end position you were talking about, Bob. I think definitely Ertz is better than Knox. Uh, it gives you the triple stack with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and your quarterback, uh, and Justin Herbert. I feel like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both kind of quietly going under the radar and not getting a lot of attention. I think Waddle's by far the best guy in the deal. And there are some players that look at trades and just say, I want the best guy in the deal. Well, if I'm honest, Dave, you need depth. So I would be willing to give up a good player to get a lot of starting spots because I'd, I'd much rather have uh, Mike Williams starting than, I mean, who are you starting now? Rondale Moore? Like, come on. like, Let's be honest. Like, that's that's risky. Like you're playing with fire on this. So I think that makes sense. And, and I put it in the calculator. I was surprised at how close it was. I didn't expect it to be like dead on. But I mean, I guess, John, we'll start with you on this. And what are your thoughts on this trade? Is this going the wrong direction? Or do you think it's a, the right move you might make?
3: No, that's a good one. Can you tell me the piece one more time?
1: Sure. Yeah. So it was Jalen Waddle, Zach Moss, and Matt Breida sending away and receiving Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Zach
3: Ertz. Yeah, I'm keeping Waddle. I'm I Waddle's a uh, building block piece. He's not going anywhere for a long time if he's on my team right now. So uh, that's just my way of looking at it. If I'm in sure. a dynasty league, I, I'm I'm looking to have these building block pieces: that Jalen Waddles, the Devonta Smiths. The, you know the uh, and then after that, you like you guys said, it does get kind of fishy. But like yeah, Johan Dotson, another guy that's not going anywhere. Um, other than that, like I, I can go to, when it's my turn. I'll tell you the whole team. But I, as of that trade goes, I'm not getting I'm not getting rid of Jalen Waddle.
1: No, perfectly fine. And what do you think, Bob? Is that are you on the right track? Or is this something you would do or not at all? Honestly, if I've got that team and I don't want to I don't want to um
2: insult this guy's team at all. Sure. He's got a great quarterback stable, but he's really hurting everywhere else and I would really really consider throwing in the flag, you know, th- and and maybe blowing this up. You know, there's a team. You not to get ahead of myself, but there's a team just right beside that, Uh, right beside him. It's Magic Skull Bus eighteen. Yeah, who has? I'm looking at this guy, and he has multiple first rounders next year. In fact, I think he's got. uh, Looks like to me, he's got four. Four first five. rounders. He's got
0: five.
2: Does he? Okay, he's got yep. five first rounders. He has Lamar Jackson, but he doesn't have anything else. He's got Jameis Winston, he's got on the block, jagobi Brissett, um, and his running backs are pretty that guy's running backs are pretty rough. Um, I would possibly talk to this guy about, you know, maybe trading Herbert Mahomes for maybe Lamar and some of those first round picks maybe getting some one of those other quarterbacks or something. He's got Jared Goff, but I think I would be looking at trying to maybe see, I think I would just be looking for multiple, multiple picks next year. But just like John said, there's some guys on this team that I'd probably keep my hands on. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle is someone I would be building off of. Um, he's got Calvin Ridley stashed. You never know where he's going to end up next year. So he's got a few little pieces that's not too shabby. Um, you know, we were just talking about Tyler Algier. We were talking about Damian Pierce. Hey, who knows what happens with those guys next year? So there's some uh, there's p- some potential there. But I think me, myself, I would probably just look at trying to build this team next year with a lot of these stud rookies because he is kind of middle-of-the-road team. Um just, I just don't know if he has a championship caliber team compared to these other teams in his league.
1: Yeah, this is maybe fire sale time, right? This is where you're looking at like maybe we just go for picks. I, I mean, I don't hate it. And those are kind of fun too. I'll be honest, like kind of burning through some stuff. And I, we've uh, obviously, we've all been in leagues where there's a, a team that you would say is making like some fire sale type moves or they're not getting fair value, but they're doing what they got to do to blow it up and turn it around. And sometimes you got to lose a, a trade to win a league, right? And I think we talk about this a lot on the DAP network entirely, but trade addicts, I know Russ talks about it too. You know, no trade is ever your last trade, right? So it's hard to lose a trade as long as you're constantly trying to get better and doing what you can to make your team better for the long haul. So again, I think this is one of those where I don't mind sending the best player to get depth to try to score some points, but maybe that's not the right move, right? Maybe that's the idea is go the other direction and let's try to trade what little depth we have and get some picks and get some studs for next year and just kind of build that way. John, did you have anything on your own trade? I guess Did you put one together?
3: Uh, you know what here's the thing I don't like to put things to a trade calculator and, and kind of say like you should trade for this guy or that guy uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to tell you like I would be willing to start my franchise off with Justin Herbert uh, J- Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes and I think Jared Goff if he plays good this year maybe I'll keep maybe he may be able to get a contract for a couple more years you, you know I just think that building a quarterback stable with starting with Herbert Mahomes. I don't care if you get five first round. I mean, I do care if you get five first round picks for one of those guys, but it's uh, you who you're gonna get, you're not you're not guaranteed to get Patrick Mahomes just because you have a first round pick. There's a value number on a trade calculator, but you can get JJ or Sega Whiteside or Christian Watson or Mikhail Harry. Yeah, Yeah. Andy Isabella.
1: There's a ton of first round busts, completely agree.
3: So I'm gonna go with I would keep Herbert. Mahomes and you know possibly think about trading Goff if you know if somebody gives you the right, the right money. Uh, I'm talking about David Montgomery. I'm selling right now. Madre Stevenson. I'm 100 percent selling right now. Antonio yep. Gibson. I don't think you're going to get what you want for him, so you might as well just keep him. James Cook is a building block. I'm not, you know if somebody offers you you know the moon, go ahead and sell him. Khalil Herbert. I think is going to be the starting running back in Chicago next year when David Montgomery's gone. Zach Moss. You can just cut him pretty much at this point in time. Brita. <laughs> Forty man
1: rosters though, John. Like the forty man roster, going to hold Zach Moss. You never know.
3: You're going to yeah. He might something might come out of there. But like you're keeping Damian Pierce obviously. Abram Smith was a good story until we figured out Kamara wasn't going to get suspended. Now he's you know you're not going to get shit for you're not sorry not get anything for him anymore. Abdul the PPR back. You know I mean if somebody wants to. Bite on that. I'm saying it's 40-man rosters, but you can get draft picks for these guys. not oh, sure. ha- You don't have to get a 23 draft pick. Get a 24 draft pick for you. Get a 24 third for Amir Abdullah. A 24 third for Andrew yes. McFarland because right now he's so and so. You got Deonta Foreman. He's got some buzz right now. I'm not getting rid of Tyler Ergy or I'm, i and Kenny and Wangu. If that's something that uh, you know you can get something for, go ahead. Jamar Jefferson, Jared Patterson. I mean, there's building blocks, and this is a forty, this is a 35- or 40-man deep roster. Right. But at the same time, I'm keeping Jalen wild I'm keeping Devonta Smith. I try to trade away Brandon Ayuk, even though he's young, because you can get a lot for him. He's overrated, I believe. Tyler Boyd is, you know, you're not going to get what you want for him, but he's a good player. Rondell Moore, he's kind of a hold for me right now, just for the fact of the matter that you don't know what's going to happen. They change his offense, and he really is a slot receiver in that offense. I'll take the shot at him, so I'm keeping him. Ridley, I don't think his head's in the game anymore. I'm I'm, mm. I'm probably doing the best I can. If I can get like a 23 second or, or you know even a, a 24 first for Ridley, on somebody who still thinks he's got something, go ahead and get rid of him. Cedric Wilson, Cornell Powell, nothing, garbage. You know, yeah. and Robbie Anderson, Diamond People's Jones. We know what Diamond People's Jones is at this point in time. I'm not really sure that I really want to keep him on my, my roster. I mean, you have to have so many spots, but you're not going to be able to trade all these guys for what you want. Right. Saquon Thornton, you know, building block. Jalen Guyton, building block. Uh, not, not stud building blocks, but like I said, Johan Dotson, I'm keeping him around. I love Anthony Schwartz, but that's just, I love him. Uh, you guys are talking about the tight end position. Dawson Knox is a great transition piece until Trey McBride takes over next year in, in uh, Arizona. Arizona. So yep. I, I think Trey McBride is the future of this guy's team. He may not be worth lot right now because where he's at on the depth chart, but it, there will be a transition, you know, in the middle of next year to get Trey McBride the, on the field when Zach Hertz is, is leaving. So I'm, I'm McBride is a great pickup here. I think I'm, Kate Otten. He he was another guy who kind of had when he went and his uh, time in the
1: sun, right? Yeah, when uh, Gronk retired again, yeah,
3: he was the only reason because he was there would be the the only guy. Then they 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 got they got a couple new guys on the team, and Kate Otten's nothing anymore. So. Kenny Aboa, nothing. Noah Gray was supposed to be the backup, you know, in Kansas City. but That's not going to happen. Ricky Seals Jones is overrated. He's got a lot of I would just trade everything I possibly could for draft picks. And I don't care if I go 0-7. I don't care if I'm the Detroit Lions from 10 years ago it's 15 years ago. I don't care. I got some really good Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, those kind of things. Trade everything you can for draft picks right now and rebuild your team over the next couple of years. Mahomes and, and Herbert are not going anywhere you got 10 more years on those guys.
1: Well, okay, so this is the th- this is a good spot to talk about this because I think that there are there are two or three or multiple ways, even not even a number. There's a number of ways to look at this kind of team. And you can say, all right, I want to take the long road. I want to take the long, hard path and, and just go through the draft and be slow and methodical about it, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if that's your plan, and that's what Dave wants to do and he's got his two studs locked in, like you said, for five or ten years and that's the way he wants to play it, go for it. I tend to want to play for now a lot more. I tend to turn things around quickly. Go with guys that have high upside, like shoot for the moon on everybody, make trades that make no sense because, you know, it just you got to try something to get out of this rut. Right. And I think being in the middle, which is pretty much firmly where this team is, you either got to go up or you got to go down. You really you can't do anything in the middle. That's the worst place to be. Uh, I'll say this, too. I think the this team is built kind of how I would build a rebuild team with all the running backs, because what you're hoping to do here is not keep any of them. But what you want to do is when they spike, you trade them away. You know, when Damian Pierce has a good game, you trade him for a, a pair of seconds. When, uh, you know, anybody does a good job, you trade him away, right? And when somebody gets yep. hurt and you got uh, Deontay Foreman now because McCaffrey's down again, boom, send Deontay Foreman for a third or a second and a third. Like, just start making like you're exactly right, John, churning on those picks. Because what you're going to do is start adding some picks to your roster. Then you can start to get to first. I do think, too, though, back to what we were talking about with that Magic School Bus uh, team, you know, he's got uh, Lamar Jackson in five first. That guy is doing a rebuild. Like that guy is clearly building through the 2023 draft. You're going to be competing with him for picks. So my thing then is, all right, get everything else. Don't trade with him. Don't help him out at all. To get everybody else's picks, go across the other teams in the league and go for their picks and get every other pick that you can get. Try to get your own first back. My God, like that's the first thing I would do here. You know, send some money out for this. Like just be like, all right, what do I got to do to get that out? Uh, The 23 second and my 24 first for my 23 first. You know, what do I have to overpay? I don't care. You know, you need to get that back because you're going to be tanking and you're going to be tanking hard. And the right. only way you can win this is by getting the one one and then breaking that up with a guy with five firsts to split that up. Because that, I think, is the inroad in on this.
3: I agree with you 1,000% here because I don't want to trade a player that's kind of eager or a couple players for somebody maybe a little bit better than the guys I have. I want draft picks. I want to rebuild this team. you got a couple solid pieces. You're not going anywhere. You're not winning anytime soon. I mean, you know, sorry to say it like everybody else. Even with these two here. quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, it's a shame. Even with but these yeah, you right. But-
3: it is. I mean, you could turn this team around in a year, in a, you know, in two years with draft picks. I don't think there's a player that I'm targeting besides, you know, if you could do something, add three of these guys to get a Chris Olave or somebody like that. Yeah. Hey, have it. Jameson Williams, the guys who are hurt right now that somebody can, needs to win right now. Go ahead. But Ramadre Stevenson, I'm not sure his value is going to go up any more than it is right now when they are talk about Damian, you know, Harris being traded, Ramadre being the PPR guy, the player the the Harris role, or, you know, the receiving role. I, I, he's got to go right now. He's a 24 year old running back, about to be 25. And he's, is he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's, it's electric, his value right now. He's got to get draft picks. He's got to rebuild. Don't trade for anybody. Just get rid of your team and pick up a bunch of waiver wire fodder until next year when it's draft time.
1: I like what
2: your thoughts? Why not, why not instead of trying to compete with this guy that's got, you know, who has five first round picks, I'm going to him like, listen, I, I've never really had. To rebuild, I'll be honest. I've always been competitive, always made great trades. Um, I've never had to blow anything up. But if I took over this guy's team as an orphan team, I'm blowing it up. I completely agree with a lot of what you said. I'm trying to rack up draft picks after everyone, you know, has a great game. I'm racking up. But a lot. I have no problem keeping uh, Herbert in on this team. For the long haul, but a lot of what I would want to do with it would revolve around trading Mahomes. If that guy, I want to take some of his first round picks. He right. has Lamar. Maybe I do trade, offer him Mahomes and see if I can rack up a lot of his first. I, I couldn't see if he had any seconds, but maybe try to get three of those firsts or something like that. Maybe end up with a a CJ Stroud or or a Bryce Young next year or something like that and maybe getting like Bijan Robinson or something like that I I think I would really really strongly consider that because this guy's team other than other than those two quarterbacks He's weak at running back. He's not very good at wide receiver. Well, but
1: that's yes. maybe that's the catch too. Though. He's got Montgomery, Stevenson, and Gibson. Like those are all three guys I'd be shopping right now as people yes. are starting to put their lineups together and they're starting yep. to notice their weak spot might be RB two, right? And I'm and thinking
2: I, I, I'm thinking that other team, if I did send uh the the guy that owns Lamar Jackson and those five picks, those five first, I'm looking at his team. I don't see a whole lot there. I don't no, see a don't. whole lot of – he doesn't really have much going on at running back and wide receiver. But that also makes me think
1: he's not contending this year. Like, you, you don't go into it – like, if, if you're at this point, you're in middle of August and you do, your top running back is Zamir White, you're not contending. You're not trying to win anything this year. That's the whole plan. Well, maybe You're getting running win. backs next year in the draft. Maybe he that's keeps a couple
2: line. of firsts. Maybe he keeps a couple of firsts next year, and he thinks, "Oh my gosh, I I have the chance of having Lamar and Mahomes to build my team around." Oh sure, no, you can, you can definitely
1: entice him. I'm just saying, like that team is in my in my mind. That team is clearly not contending. He's the. And that's what I'm saying, and I even think if
2: I if I trade him, if I make a deal and trade him Mahomes, not only am I kind of crippling his team by taking those firsts from him. But he's going to be sitting on kind of fool's gold because he's going to have two great quarterbacks and not much else for maybe the next year or two.
1: Yeah, and there is another team that I was thinking, and, and the one that I went with Bucks of Beast was because he's got Tua Tagovailoa, Kirk Cousins, Matt Corral, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, his, his quarterbacks are meh. But running back, he's got Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, and that is it. He's got four running backs on his roster. Like, that is, that is a light running back room. So, I'm like, he might be willing to take some depth right? He might be willing to like, all right, let's see what we got. Receiver, he's got Juju Smith-Schuster, Devonta Adams, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, a bunch of older guys, and then it falls off a cliff too. He's got Sammy Watkins, who'll be great week one, we all know. But like, other than that, like his team could use a little bit of depth. I think his team with the way his running backs are, that team appears to me like a contender and somebody that might be willing to take on some, you know, like a Jalen Waddle who's looking for like a stud receiver and be willing to take some of that receiver depth away because he needs a running back. So again, there's a number of different bones in here. I know Rocky submitted a trade that we're not going to get into, but in general, it was David Montgomery for Dallas Goddard. I don't mind that kind of trade in a long run thing. Like just, I don't mind that at all. Like doing something like getting rid of that to get a, a younger stud tight end. Again, it is 1.0 premium on top of a 1.0 t- PPR. So tight end is going to be the way you differentiate. There also, there was a team too. I remember that has Kelsey Waller, Goddard and Pitts. That's the guy who's targeting here. It. he's got four tight ends. And that was what Rocky put in his thing. He goes, Goddard may not even start for him. He's got all the tight ends. That's the guy I would target too. If How, you're many at a How many flexes? How many flexes? I started? think it was three flex. I so that
2: guy's starting tight ends in all of his flex spots.
1: Correct. Yeah. He's pretty much locked in. He, it's a yeah one tight end, three flex. So if he goes with that, which again, is not a bad plan. You're locking yourself in and you got bye weeks covered. But again, to Rocky's point, and we're kind of getting into it here, but his point was go get one of those tight ends and rebuild around that. And I think Goddard's probably the cheapest is the fourth on that team, obviously with Kelsey Waller and Pitts. Uh, you might be able to sneak him for someone like a Montgomery. And in a normal league, I would think Montgomery, probably the same or equal value, a little more maybe than Goddard. But in this league, Goddard is significant. You know, you're going to have to overpay to get a tight end in this league, just the way it's built. So anyway, hopefully, Dave, hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that gives you some ideas of what we're looking to do with you here. Um, I think there's some good bones in a lot of these trades. Hopefully you can pull something off. Uh, Again, there is no bad team in fantasy. It's just sometimes teams get stuck in a spot they don't want to be in. I know, for instance, I've taken over a bunch of orphans and I, you know, talking to the league when I take over that and they kind of say, yeah, the guy didn't really pay attention last year. And then obviously that's why he didn't come back. And it's like, well, this this team just needs some TLC, right? Like he obviously made some trades. He might've traded all of his depth to get Patrick and Herbert. I totally get that. Like if you're going to go get Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and love that, sit on that for a couple of weeks, enjoy that roster and be like, all right. Time to get back into it. Let me send Mahomes and get my pieces back, right? Like never stop trading. I think that this team has a lot of potential. The league is actually a pretty solid league again. lots of depth. There's no one on waivers. So you're going to have to trade your way out of this. As much as we like the draft, you don't have a lot of picks. Trading is going to be your, your friend here, I think, Dave. So keep us posted. Hopefully that helped. Uh, but as we wrap up, I think that was a pretty good find me a trade. Does anybody have anything else to add last minute on that before we kind of wrap up the show? Oh, I think okay. we said what we needed to say, right? I think there's yep. some good options in there. So let's do this then. Bob, why don't we start with you? Tell people where they can find you and what you're doing. And uh, I guess just what in general, what are you looking forward to most this season? Let's do that. Oh gosh.
2: What am I looking forward to most this season? Man, I don't.
1: I, Other than just, dominating.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I just want to see people stay healthy. That's what I'm, I, I just, I don't even know if you can call that what I'm looking forward to. I just, I, I just want to see people like McCaffrey. I want to see. Oh, yeah. Dobbins, I want to see Dalvin. I want to see these guys stay healthy. Uh, I, I hate you know they're people and and it has to devastate these guys when they get hurt and they're out for a year. I want to see you know Derek Henry as much as I don't like the Titans, I don't want to see anything bad happen to Derek Henry. I want to see him you know play well. so you know that's it but no everybody can find me uh, obviously at Dynasty Bob FF. I'm over at dynastyprosfootball.com. We have all about everything you're looking for there: rankings, trade charts, trade values, um, anything you're looking for as far as dynasty goes. We got Devi trade values. I mean, even if you get that deep. So
1: I know you're an all IDP. Good. You do a lot of IDP stuff too,
2: right? So yeah, really IDP can help you out. Yep, absolutely. Big into IDPs, yes, sir. Absolutely.
1: Nominal, awesome. All right, John. What about yourself? Where can people find you, and what are you up to these days? And what are you looking forward to most of the season
3: as well? At John McGlynn 75 I do my own little commissioner evaluation podcast. Uh it's kind of I just on my own, kind of a free agent, just doing this stuff like having a good time. You know, my kids are older now. I never had time for this stuff before. So now I get to go on these shows and awesome people like you guys and just have a blast. Go to the expo, meet new people. Uh, my 24th wedding anniversary is actually tomorrow. So it's a phenomenal. Nice oh, way to start. Congratulations. The weekend Thank you. Yeah, my fourth kid had just started as her senior year in high school. So I mean it's like that the end is near, almost like uh for, what are you? <laughs> Uh, empty nesters kind of thing. But other than that, this whole season, what I look forward to is going by like my neighbor, Nick Scripps house, you know, the guys a ah. content creator, madman, looking at Joe Castleman, looking at all the Scott Sidlow, Steven Johnson, Kyle, Kyle August. I love being at my home league people's houses every week doing something. Somebody has people over with, you know, beer and food and whatever. And oh, I just, God. I love spending, I love doing home league stuff. And that's what it's all about. And that's what I, that's what I'm looking forward to. You spend time with all my eight, eight home league homies, you know, all all year long.
1: I love it. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, kind of last minute but making it work from work. I love that. Appreciate you, John. So yeah, we're, uh, we're the Dynasty Junkies, right? We're here every week to help you out and uh, definitely find us on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Follow the DAP Network too, at DAP underscore network. All of our shows go live there. We got Get Real with Casey Kasem's on that podcast feed. We got Trade Addicts, obviously, Fantasy Timeline. So come hang out with us. We're always here to help. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Obviously, myself at Andrew Hall FF. We've got Dynasty FF Addict, who's Rocky, Scott Sidlow, who's at, at Scott underscore Sidlow, nice and creative. And then, of course, Bobby Koch at Wrecked Fantasy. Uh, make sure you subscribe and rate and review, do all those kind of things on your podcast channel. Make sure you're hitting us up, see what we think. We love getting feedback. Uh, we also, as I always say too, we've got this Find Me a Trade segment, right? We just helped Dave find some trades potentially. You can submit your team and your league for a trade as well and have some people in the industry take a look and see what they think. We're brutal. Sometimes we can give you the honest truth and be like, here's what we need to do. Sometimes we're just in awe of your team. It's phenomenal. So submit those leagues. You can find that at the pin tweet at dynasty junkies. It's also in my link tree as well. Uh, But then anything, like I said, just anything you guys need DM us. We're always open. We love to talk, tag us in polls, all that kind of stuff. So for Bob, for John and myself, Andrew, John, I'll let you take us out of here. Junkies out.